happy Resurrection Sunday, church. We are so excited to be worshiping with you today and uh, really excited to get into the Word. Before we do, I just want to give you a couple of announcements. I am so excited about an idea that we had last week and the way that it has come together. One of the things that we've been concerned about is some of you have been voluntold that you're now parenting your child. Some of you are dealing with the whole homeschool deal. And I know for some people that's, that's overwhelming and there's a struggle and there's a lot of parents out there who have questions. So we have come up with what we think is a really amazing concept. Actually, tomorrow... At four in the afternoon, we will be doing an online meeting called Homeschool 101 Workshop. We have Principal Randolph from here at Leesburg High School. We have the principal from uh, Barbara Longo from Oak Park Middle School. Principal Susan Jordan from Leesburg Elementary School. So we have high school, middle school. They're all going to be online with us. We also have someone online to be able to answer IT type questions. Uh, some of you that are working with kids right now are struggling with the, the reality of technology. But also, we're going to have a bunch of veteran homeschool teachers, people that have been doing their homeschooling their kids for years. And we're going to have this big forum for you to be able to ask questions and to get resources and tips and maybe just even just be encouraged a little bit. So if you haven't heard about it yet, you don't know yet, or you know someone that might uh, participate and it might be of value to them, look it up on our Facebook page. There's Homeschool 101 Workshop. You have to register, but it's free, and uh, it will be open to the first 100 people uh, that jump online with us and are a part of that. So I'm really excited about that's an opportunity for us to really serve our community in this way. I want to also remind you I'm continuing to do 5 a.m. prayer, and we have been going through uh, the Holy Week this week and walking with Jesus, I will continue doing that. I really feel like during this time period, it's a way for us as a church to stay connected and focused as we're praying together in that. So 5 a.m. prayer, join me on Facebook, get up early or it's there all day long. So for those of you who are not morning people, uh, you can watch it at 10 o'clock at night. Uh, but I'll be posting every morning. So join me for that. Real quick, I want to remind you, for those of you who are on our online platform, uh, right across the top here, there's a couple buttons I want to like focus on just so you know that they're there. And uh, that is, one, Jen's already told us about the next step. That's, that's if you want to be in Life Steps 2 today. And listen, this is the perfect time. I'm going to tell you all about the church, how we're structured, how we do finances, our leadership, our accountability, all of that. Then right after service, click on the next step button. It'll take you right into the meeting. If you've never done Zoom before, it may have you download a little platform. It's safe and it's okay to do that. And then you'll come right into the live meeting with me. Next to that, it says sermon notes. It's a place where you can click on and it's got the sermon notes for the teaching today. There's a giving tab for those who would like to give their tithes and their offerings there. And then the other one says connect with us. That one is even bigger today. So here's what we've done. If you're not watching on the platform, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But what you can do is you can go to our website, cotlakes.com, and right in the middle, right where you clicked on watch online uh, or where it says the sunrise service that I hope you enjoyed this morning, in between, there's a button that says connect with us, and it'll open a virtual connect card. And here's what I want you to do. I want everybody to fill out a connect card today with this. So we've started kind of a little tradition here at Church of the Lakes. And what we do is at Easter, we know we're going to get a lot of visitors. We're going to get a lot of people that don't always come to church. What a perfect time for me to get ideas about the questions that you may have. 
So here's what I want you to do. I want you to fill out one of those connect cards, whether it be on the platform there or on the website. And I want you to basically just answer this in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the box there. I'd like to hear a message on what the Bible says about, and then fill in what that is. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to actually take all of the suggestions that come in and kind of compile them and see topics that are, that are sort of hot button topics that people would like to see. And then later on this year, we, we typically do a series that says asking for a friend. And so we're going to take this. And, and, and for some of you, you may be like, this is kind of strange to do it this way. But I want you to understand something. It's what Jesus did. Jesus, if you go back and you read most of whether it be Proverbs or his teachings, he was responding to a question that someone in the crowd had. So this is kind of a way for me to hear from you, for our leadership and elders to hear from you, what questions you have. So take a minute, please, and, and fill that out if you would this morning. Uh, like I said, we have been going through the, the, the Holy Week this week and kind of studying each day what was going on. But there's an interesting detail that I want to open up our teaching with today. And it's in Matthew 27. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. So this is Friday. Jesus is on the cross. Uh, he's accomplished it all. He said the words, it is finished. And now he gives up his spirit and he actually dies there on the cross. And it says this. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now, for those of you who don't understand the symbolism there, in the temple, there was a large curtain that separated where the people could be versus the Holy of Holy, which was the presence of God. It was a separation that was represented. And in that moment, when Jesus paid the price for our sins, which is what we are celebrating today, then the, 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 the curtain in the temple was torn in two. And the representation is there is no more separation now between God and man because Jesus has paid the price for all of us. But that's not the interesting fact. Let me keep going. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. Can you, I mean, can you imagine that moment? Rocks were split. This was a massive earthquake that, that happened. The tombs, catch this. This is what I want you to hear. The tombs also were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of their tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. Like, picture that. So I, I don't know what that looked like, but in that moment, like literally graves just opened up, tombs opened up, and people actually stood up and came back to life. I mean, that, that blows my mind to think about that reality. Like people were walking around town, you know, there in Jerusalem, and they were like, whoa, Aunt Sally, we had your funeral like two months ago. What are you doing here? I mean, that must have been insane in that moment. And the reason I want to point that out is because it was not just the miracle of Jesus' resurrection. There were a bunch of miracles that happened. There were a bunch of things from the curtain tearing to people rising. I mean, the, the miracles, it was, it was amazing. Something like that, I think typically, we don't have a hard time believing it because it was 2,000 years ago. Like it's so far removed from us, we sort of categorize it and we say, you know what? Okay, yeah, God did that kind of stuff back then, but he doesn't really do that stuff anymore. And what I need you to hear this morning is that God has never stopped doing those things. And he still desires to do those things today. How do I know this? Let me read you a verse. John 14 and 12 says this. Truly, truly, I say to you, this is Jesus. Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. 
What did he do? Oh, he raised people from the dead. He healed the lame. I mean, these are the works he did. Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do. Because I'm going to the Father, and whoever you ask, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Now we're talking about the Holy Spirit that comes to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Easter is not just an event that we are to marvel about happening in the past. Easter is something to be experienced. That is my, that's my heart's cry as, as a pastor this morning. And as your pastor in this very moment is that you would do something more than celebrate Easter today, but that you would actually experience the miracle of the power of God in your life. So today I want to talk a little bit about miracles, but given our current circumstance and the reality that you're somewhat quarantined and we're on lockdown right now, I want to entitle this message when only a miracle will do. Because, you know, when I reflect on this idea, the reality is some of us are facing some tough things. Some of you have lost jobs. Some of you maybe know someone who has gotten sick or that is going, and and maybe it has nothing to do with the current situation. There's marriage issues and financial issues and, and all kinds of troubles that we have. Things for which right now it doesn't seem like there's an earthly solution for. And if God stopped doing miracles then maybe you're in trouble based on your current situation. But if he has it, (laughs) perhaps you could experience the miracle working power that has never stopped since the Easter day 2,000 years ago. My wife, who did the announcements today, and she is phenomenal with the kids, as you can see. She's uh, awesomely crazy. But her story is amazing because when she was born... Uh, she had a hole in her heart. She had all of the the characteristics of being Down syndrome and still does have some of the characteristics. And it was, it was amazing because she grew up in a Southern Baptist uh, church, very old school, you know, no drinking, no dancing, no smiling, you know, type of scenario. And, and so the Holy Spirit or the miraculous or some of that kind of stuff in that type of world or that type of denomination, you know, there's a little bit of kind of a pushback in that. But I need you to hear something. It was a group of Southern Baptist elders who went into the hospital and anointed her with oil and the hole in her heart closed up. And although she has the characteristics of, of a Down syndrome uh, person, she was head of the English department here at Leesburg High School for a number of years. Here's what I want to say to you this morning. God has not stopped doing miracles. And if you can name one miracle that has happened since those days, that means God is still in the miracle working business, which I just told you about a miracle. The issue is, do we believe it? The issue is, will I actually buy that? The best way to celebrate Easter is not to talk about the miracle that happened back then. It's to look at the resurrection power that is available to us 
today. If we look at this story and we, if we look back at the story and we sing nostalgic songs and we have a moment of service here today and then we go eat chocolate, we have completely missed. Easter is not supposed to be remembered. It is to be experienced. Listen to Romans 8 and 11. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Just, just let that settle in for a second. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. If you have given your life to Jesus Christ, if you have taken that moment where you have prayed and asked him to be Savior and to forgive your sins, listen to me, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the Holy Spirit, lives inside of you. It goes on, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal body. By this same spirit living within you. Another one, Ephesians 1 and 18. I pray that your heart will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. His holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you'll understand. Paul says, hey, you know what, Ephesians, I'm not really sure you guys understand. And I think it's the same with us. I'm not sure that we completely understand. I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in a place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Man, I wish I could hear you say amen right there. I'm preaching myself happy at the moment. Right? I will amen myself at this moment. God is good. That's amazing. Somewhere along the way, listen, church, somewhere along the, the way the church has retreated to this safe belief system. We don't want to get into that experiential side of God because it gets kind of weird and shaky and uncomfortable. You know, so let, let's just memorize the Ten Commandments and have Bible drills and stay safe. That is sad. That the power that raised Jesus from the dead, that we would not want to access that reality in our lives. Safe and powerless Christianity, honestly, is all around us in a lot of ways. We're just going to make it clean and safe and pretty, but I need you to hear. He has a power that is available to you today. And for many of you, what makes that so important is the current quarantine, is the current uncertainty, are, are the kids going back to school? Is it going to last a year? Is it going to last two months? Is it going to, listen to me. The power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives inside each and every one of us. It's just us. And if you notice, Jesus said, keep my commands. It's an obedience. We're going to talk about it in a minute that gives us the reality to access that power. Let me ask you this. Anybody out there need some help? <laughs> you need some help? Marriage rescued, health situations that the doctors have given up on. There's a lot of people that aren't getting surgeries right now that need surgery because of what's going on. Emotional distress. I think we all underestimate the emotional, the emotional weight of what's going on. It's this uncertain feeling. It's a weird feeling inside of us. And we need the power that is available, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Philippians 3 and 10, Paul said this, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. The goal today is not that you would have 
a church experience, but that you would experience the power of the resurrection in your life. I get a lot of calls for help, as you can imagine. I get people calling me and, um, and saying, you know, my marriage, my finances, my kids, you know, I, I feel I, I'm, I'm depression. I'm, I'm even thinking about suicide. How sad would it be for me to go, man, I'm so sorry you're, go, you're going through that, but God only did those things in the Bible. That's, that's, not, that's not who our God is. That's not why Jesus was raised from the dead. That's not why we celebrate Resurrection Sunday. We do that because we understand that when Jesus left, he said, I'm going to bring the helper. I'm going to bring the comforter, the Holy Spirit that is going to empower you to live a life above and beyond, a life and a life to the full, right? And and I, I so desire for you to not celebrate Easter today, but experience it somewhere along the way. Maybe bad doctrine, maybe bad church experiences. Somebody prayed for you and tried to push you down (laughs) or manipulated you and sensationalized the service and then promised a miracle based on your giving. None of these stupid things change who God is. People's actions and the things that you've seen and done don't change who our God is. He is still a miracle working God. He is still in the miracle working business. Somewhere along the way, many people just stopped going there and bought some myths about God. The first myth that I think people have bought about God is that God is disinterested. That God just doesn't care about me. He probably cares about Billy Graham or Mother Teresa or Pastor Mike or somebody else that, that I hold in high esteem. But he really doesn't care. And, and I need you to hear, nothing could be further from the truth today. That your God is concerned about every little detail of your life. All he wants is to be invited in. The, the reality being that it's not that he's disinterested, it's that he's a gentleman. And he won't push the door in. You have to open it. Another myth I think people buy is that God is deaf. That he intentionally turns a deaf ear to your problems. Most people think this way because, well, religion has messed up your thinking, honestly. They just have not found the right mixture yet, the right formula. I'm not quite holy enough, right? You didn't sing enough. You didn't give enough. You didn't pray enough. You don't have faith like that other person. Listen to me. God is not deaf. God hears every word and he's listening and he wants to bring the miraculous power of the holy spirit into your life the last one is that well god's just dead god's just not active anymore he doesn't do those kind of things maybe it's that he doesn't exist or maybe it's just that part of him is dead you know he did that in the old days but he doesn't do that here and there's not a single verse in the bible that says i'm going to do all these mighty works and then i'm just going to stop The rest of the generations, well, they can just kind of figure it out for themselves. No, it doesn't say that. He is still a miracle worker who is alive and well and active. And this begs a question because many of you are going, I hear you. I feel a little bit stirred. But how do I experience that? How how do I experience that? Like, Pastor, I hear what you're saying, and, and, I, and I hear the concept, and there's a little part of me that really, really wants to believe what you're saying, really, really wants to, and, and I want to see that, and I want to experience that in my family, but, but how? And here's what I want to say to you. Listen to me. I don't have a formula either. 
I'm on this journey just like you are. I haven't figured it all out. And on some days I'm uncertain and I'm doubtful. But let me give you three thoughts that I have seen being somewhat successful if we'll apply these to, the, to, to our lives. Number one, you have to open up to God's power. That sounds kind of simple, right? But has man's silliness or the behavior of certain people caused you to close down the emotional and experiential reality of your relationship with God? That your relationship with God is something to be experienced, not something that you just go through the motions, not something that you just try to read your word. But if I do that, I mean, is, is that like weird stuff's going to happen? <laughs> I personally spent a lot of years fearful of that stuff, fearful of what it looked like for the spirit to move or weird things to happen. Listen to Ephesians 4 and 17. Now this I say, and I testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their heart. Boy, let me ask you to do a little heart check for a moment. Have you allowed your your heart to get a little bit hard? Is that why maybe you're not experiencing Easter today? You're you're celebrating it because you're here and you're listening and you're part of what we're doing this morning. But maybe the experience is lacking because of a hardness that's happened in my heart, because of hurt, because of pains, maybe decisions I've made. Maybe it's that whole, I don't know if God can forgive me. You you don't know my past. And here's what I could look at the end of the camera and say, I'd be more than happy to sit down with any one person and kind of go one for one with what's in our past. I got a past. Some of our elders have pasts. Leaders in our church have pasts. The reality is, is Jesus is not looking for the, the, the person with the greatest ability. He's looking for availability. For you to simply say, I will open up my heart to that possibility that God might do something in my life. Number two, number two, I would simply say it to you this way. Do whatever he tells you to do. Do whatever he tells you to do. This is so important because God is notorious for thinking differently than we think. We are constantly putting God through the filter of, wait, I don't understand that. I don't don't understand how that works out, right? If you only have a relationship with God to the degree that you understand, then I need you to hear this, then your God's not very big. If you can only understand it, if, if I only have a relationship with God to the limit of my mental ability, oh, we're all in trouble. I mean, we're... We're all in trouble, y'all. I mean, the, the reality being is I can't understand everything about God. And I, I don't, I don't want to understand everything about God. My God is enormous, way bigger than anything I could think or understand. And so why would I even question? I am so glad that my God is bigger than what I see or understand. James 5 and 14. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Okay, so here's here's something that the scripture tells us to do. But how often do we go, 
oil? That kind of sounds weird. I don't know if we should do it. And we start putting our own doctrine in and arguing over whether that's for today. Listen to me. If you want to see the power of God work in your life, do whatever he tells you to do. Open up your heart to him and do what he tells you to do. Yeah, but what if God doesn't heal them, right? I mean, what if I actually, if I feel led to go pray for someone and I go pray for somebody and he doesn't heal them? Listen to me. You shouldn't be taking the credit for the healing. So don't take the blame if it doesn't work. That's God's business, right? We just, we just do what God tells us to do. And we leave the results up to him. Stop filtering everything and just do what God says. Try it. Try it. Test God in this and see. Whether it be in your finances and tithing and giving, whether it be in just the way you go to work and what you do, who you hang out with, do what God says and see if the power of the Holy Spirit does not begin to work inside of you. I I, want to drive home this do whatever he tells you with the story that is about Jesus's first miracle. It's in John 2 verse 1. It says this, on the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus's mother was there and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, stop for just a second. Let me understand. Let me help you understand. This was a huge social faux pas, okay? They didn't do honeymoons. What they did was they did a six-day reception. Come on now. I mean, we're talking like they were raving and partying and and getting it. I mean, that's what they did. That was their tradition. About day three, they run out of wine, (laughs) About day three. I mean, you can imagine the embarrassment, everything else, right? Listen, listen to the story. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Why didn't Mary decide uh, to, she was supposed to step up and take over? She wasn't in charge. I don't think she was the wedding planner, uh, but she just decided she's going to step up and take charge. So she says, Jesus says, they have, she has no more wine. And I love Jesus' next comment. It says, woman, now, man, I just gave you a verse. Because you can say that to your wife and say you're quoting scripture. You're welcome. All right. Woman, why do you involve me in this? You can say that whole sentence. Some of y'all, I just gave you a life verse for your marriage. Right? Woman, why do you involve me in this? Anyway, okay. Why do you involve me with this? Jesus replied. And it says, my time has not yet come. Listen to me. Just like a mom. Just like a mom. Right? She just ignores him. <laughs> she, she, she like ignores him and she goes over to him and she says this. His mother said to the servant, do whatever he tells you to do. Like, like I, want you, I want you to picture th- this reality. And, 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 you, and, and you wonder, did Mary know who Jesus was? I mean, I can't imagine her not. Some people might think this is, this is heresy, but I just have a hard time picturing her not knowing he was the son of God. I have a picture. They say this was his first miracle. Actually, that's not what it says. It says this was his first sign. In other words, this is the first time he did a miracle to make himself publicly known. But I wonder, I wonder if back in the day they went to the public pool and Jesus like stepped out onto the water and Mary's on the side going, get, get, that, get off of it, get off of it. Right? Like you wonder if there wasn't the day when Mary was cooking and she's running and she runs out of flour and she's like, Jesus, yes, ma'am. I need you to go down to the store and get flour. Mom, I'm working on something. I don't want to go down to the store. I need the flour right now. And he goes, you, you don't have any more flour? She goes, yeah. He goes, check again. <laughs> like, like, like you wonder, but she knew, right? She knew. And, and, and it's amazing to, in this moment, what she says, the words are so profound. Do 
whatever he says. Do whatever he says. Trust the power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. And when you do what he tells you to do, he will show up in that moment. Number one was open up to God's power. Number two was do whatever he tells you. And number three is have faith in God. And you go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, that's my problem. (laughs) My my problem is that, that I don't have faith. Well, let me help you understand something. Faith is confidence. Faith is something that's built. And you build confidence in anyone that you develop a relationship with. So reality being, I've been married to my wife for 23 years. Total confidence. Trust that woman. I mean, we're good to go, man. After 23 years... I, I, there's a total trust there. That wasn't always there. Some of you guys remember, I remember back in the day, you remember having those cheat dreams where you dream about the other person cheating, you wake up in the morning and hating their guts kind of thing. I mean, so the reality is, is that we trust and we have a, a faith in each other now, but it's because we've built a relationship. If you want to build your faith, you're going to have to build a relationship with Jesus. And the closer you draw to him, the more faith you will have, the more confidence you will have. And so what I want to encourage you with on this Resurrection Sunday is that if you'd like to see the power, not just not just celebrate another holiday, if you'd like to see the power of the Holy Spirit operating in your life, your home, your family, your marriage, your kids, open up your heart to him. Check your heart and where you maybe have hardened your heart. Obey, right? Do, do whatever it is that, that he tells you to do. And then have faith. And how do you build faith? You build faith through relationship. What's the greatest miracle you can think of? You know, when I, when I think about that, you could, you'd say maybe like seeing somebody raised from the dead, you know, or, I mean, I've heard of like, you know, crazy healings happening to people or people getting their sight or that kind of stuff. But I want to read to you a verse that I think defines for us what is the greatest miracle. And it has so much to do with the resurrection of our risen Savior. Luke 10 and 17, it says this. This is my last verse, and I'm going to close. The 72 returned with joy. Okay, he had sent out a bunch of disciples, 72 of them, and he had empowered them to heal and cast out demons and do all this. Check this out. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And he replied, and, it, and it's almost like, okay. Like, like Jesus is almost going to say, well, that's really not such a big deal. Watch this. He replied, well, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. Hey, guys, look, I know this is big. I, I, I hear that you're kind of going, you know, this is big, man. We were, we were casting out demons and, man, we saw people healed and all this kind of stuff. And he says, I, I, I hear all that. It's good stuff. I gave you the power to do that, but it's not such a big deal. Let me tell you what a big deal is. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The greatest miracle is not when bone gets 
put back into place. It's not when a dead body comes to, to, to life. It is when a person who is dead in their spirit is given eternity and salvation. It is when we understand and experience resurrection power that happens. When we see that person that we know who's far from God and God touches them and the Holy Spirit moves on them and they respond and they open up their heart and they obey and they begin to build the relationship that develops faith in their life. And that's what I want to encourage you to do today. If you're there and you're far away from God, he is... He, he is so excited about you. He, he doesn't hate you. He's not disappointed in you. Listen to me. There's a difference in being disappointed in someone and being disappointed for someone. Your heavenly father, the only disappointment he has is a disappointment for you because he knows the, the life that he has for you. And so I want to encourage you today, if you feel far from God on this resurrection Sunday, would you open up your heart? Would you begin a relationship with Jesus, maybe for the very first time, or maybe a new, maybe a, a recommitment today? And so I'm going to pray for you today in that and ask God to meet you that today you would not just celebrate, but experience what Resurrection Sunday is all about. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this reminder of the power that we have inside of us. And I pray right now, for those that, that, that feel far from you, whether for the first time they commit their lives to you today or today they recommit. They understand that they've, they've let things get between you and them and they've, they've strayed away. Thank you for calling them back to you today. And we pray that you would meet them in that place and make yourself very real and known. And for those of you that need to pray to receive Christ for the first time, I'm going to pray some words, some very simple words, nothing special in my words. What is special is the heart you put behind it. So if that's you today, pray something like this. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for giving your life for me, for sacrificing all for me. I give my life to you, and as best as I understand, I'm going to serve you the rest of my life. We pray all this in the one and holy name that we celebrate today, in the name that is above all names, in the name that was resurrected from the dead and now has a power inside of us that we can't even imagine, in the name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen and amen.
comes in glory.